choosing your partners in life is of utmost importance. You and I have been both blessed with amazing partners uh, from a marriage perspective, but uh, choosing that partner is extremely important to you and your success. Uh, I would also say that choosing your business partners and people who you hang around with will have the biggest determination on your success. You want to be around a peer group that you respect, that you admire, that's going to bring, make you better uh, and choose your partners in business as well that you have highest confidence with and that have high character and be very, very careful and cautious before you go into business together that you do share the vision and you know who they are as people. I've just seen so many business marriages that have failed because they don't adequately uh, evaluate values, characteristics, and, and vision. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. We have another great show for you today. On today's show, we have Darren Anderson. Darren Anderson is the CEO of Solace O'Brien, a leading consulting engineering firm with over a thousand professionals across 39 North American offices. Solace O'Brien delivers over 7,000 projects a year in healthcare, higher ed, science and technology, data centers as well as industrial projects, and they've had zero professional liability or errors and emissions in company history. 95% of all leaders have not left. They've been in the Inc. 5000 eight years in a row. Only 60 companies have done that. Darren's a judge of the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Awards, not just a winner. He's a past Regent Emeritus of the University of California, not just a student. He's been the chairman of YPO, not just a member. And today, Darren's gonna talk about excellence. And are you a top achiever compared to your peers? But not only that, do people see the impact that you create in life? Do people know your vision? He's gonna talk about discipline and working in college and how hard it was, but how wonderful it was. He's going to talk about perseverance, and he's going to talk about believing in yourself, because many times there were people that believed in Darren more than he believed in himself on his road to excellence. So welcome to the podcast, and welcome to the Edge of Excellence. And our guest today is Darren Anderson. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast, Darren. Hey, Matt. Thank you, buddy. It's great to be here. Hey, before we get started, I got to thank you. Um, You and I are, you know, we're friends, but we're not best friends. You and I hang out once in a while, but we don't hang out all the time. I got to say, when I come up with these harebrained ideas to help college kids or high school kids, you're always on the top of my list. You're always the first to say um, yes, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Uh, I appreciate you as well. You know, so we are we are not best friends, but I have a, the highest regard for you as a person. I love your energy, love your passion, love your creativity, and you are always trying to help people and connect people. And I I love that about you, and uh, always laugh being around you. So it's a pleasure pleasure to be here, and uh, I really appreciate our relationship. Well, thank you. Some of the some of the listeners have met me. Most of them haven't. Um, and if they have met me, they hear my stories about trying to help kids get into college and try to help kids find their major and trying to help kids uh, um, flourish, flourish in their careers. Uh, we, we had a little internship for high school kids at Sage Hill High School, which your kids don't go to Sage Hill High School. But uh, Adriana, let's just say her name's Adriana because it is. Mm-hmm. Adriana wanted an internship. And I remember I asked you out of the blue, and you were right there to do the internship, put all this energy in for her. And you and I get these emails from her once in a while. And, and for you listening, 
if someone does you a favor and you send an email every Christmas saying Merry Christmas and you check in saying, hey, I remember what you told me. I'm still doing well. Then that person wants to keep helping you. You and I have these conversations about how impressed we are with her and just it is every single time. So again, thank you very much. We'll quit uh, the, the uh, oh, let me. Matt, let me just to, oh, just to that point, if I may, that is a classic example of somebody who is distinguishing themselves by making the extra effort and showing how they are different and special because they're taking the extra effort that most other people don't. And I guarantee you, she will succeed in life and she will do well because she is thoughtful. She's listening. She's initiating and she's getting better every day. And I, I get a lot of inspiration from helping her with her internship. And I get to see, even though we, none of us had ever met her before, we get to see what's going to become of our little teeny effort that we put into her life because she keeps us posted and we're stakeholders. So hopefully she hears this, Adriana, we're impressed by you. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get started. I always start the podcast with the same question. Darren Anderson, (laughs) what is your definition of excellence? That's a great question, Matt. Uh, And it really made me think. I mean, it's something I take for granted every day, but I say, really, are you a top achiever compared to your peers? Whatever you choose to do, are you a top achiever compared to your peers? Whatever that peer group is. So I measure myself. I measure my company every day relative to my peers. Wow. And I say, yeah, am, am I am I a top achiever? And then what am I doing to get better every day? It's, it's almost an obsession. I expect and demand myself to be better and more relevant every day of my life. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm getting complacent. And complacency is the excellence killer. Passion is the driver. I agree. Complacency kills excellence. And what are you doing to get ahead of your peers? So a lot of speakers that I've seen, a lot of people I've talked to talk about comparing yourself to what's possible or comparing your, or not comparing yourself to your peers, because if you do that, you're setting the bar at what the greatest peer has done. Elon Musk, let's launch my car into space. There was no peer that had done that. So how do you reconcile your definition of excellence with that concept? <laughs> it's a great it's a great comment because uh, as I share with my leaders, I say, I don't want to compare ourselves to our peers too much because I don't have the highest regard. There are probably only one or two other firms that I would say I even have high regard for how they approach their business and how they approach leadership, how they approach uh, the industry. So yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I am not Elon Musk. I am not uh, you know, at that level of intelligence. But I always expect our organization to be thinking beyond what anybody else has done. And don't use that as a comparison. Use it as a benchmark, but thinking way beyond that. What can we be doing better? How do we measure ourselves? How do we improve the delivery for our client? How can we make it faster? How can we make it better? How do we improve outcomes for our clients? And so it's pushing the envelope every day, not just accepting what's been done. So it's one factor that you that you use. There are many factors in how you compare yourself to what's possible, what's out there, what your goals are, and you're constantly trying to get better and keep beating all those indicators. For sure. Every Fantastic. Day. And so you so you so you're now running this a giant engineering firm called Salas O'Brien. You've been in the uh, uh, Inc. 5000 fastest growing company in the U.S. for eight straight years, one of only 60 companies to have done that. Uh, Not only did you win the Ernst & Young Award, you're now a judge. Not only were you a student at UCR, you were the student body president, and then you became a regent of the University of California. Not only are you a member of YPO, you become the chairman of YPO. And many people don't know that you're not an engineer, but you run an engineering firm. How do you, how are you able to do all of those things? Why excellent in everything instead of just at work? (laughs) Well, first, let me, I appreciate that, but I wasn't student body president. My best friend was student body president. I was not student body president. Hey, Darren, Uh, Darren, excuse me. (laughs) If I'm going to give you credit for things, please do not argue. I'm the host of the show. (laughs) I just want the record to be clearly reflected, but I appreciate the applause. Um, Yeah, you know, uh, it's just a a, a way of life for me. Um, I don't compare, we'll say myself to others. I always benchmark, but I only hold myself up to a certain level and a certain expectation. 
Um, as, as I have realized, most people have a hard time kind of getting up in the morning. They are not as passionate about what they do. They don't have the drive and ambition, we'll say, that I do. Um, and I've only realized it probably in the last you know, 15 to 20 years. I didn't really see that growing up in high school, even in college. I started noticing that in college. But I, I expect more of myself. I expect more of my team members. And I push us to get better every day and a better realization. Uh, how do we impact our communities better? How do we help people around us in our organization? How do we help our clients? And um, yeah, it's for me, it's personal. Uh, I've been blessed beyond beyond my imagination in uh, friendships, uh, in financial rewards, and now uh, even more, it's you know making sure that I'm giving back and making a bigger impact on our in our communities uh, every day and the people around me. And I, I love I love doing that. I mean, it's, for me, I've had so many mentors that I like to pay it forward. Um, and if we can create the, the most rewarding organization and impact people's lives and impact our communities that way, I I, I dig it. That's that's what's exciting for me. Yeah, sometimes people wonder, why would Darren Anderson, the CEO of this big engineering firm, make time to come on this podcast? Why would Matt Stewart go sit down with the high school kid at the Pacific Club last hour and help her with her college applications? And I was telling this young person who you know, let's just say her name's Angelina and her dad's name's Bill. I was telling her, <laughs> I was telling her that this is what pumps me up. I came yeah. home from lunch just now and I'm so excited. I'm yeah. not getting anything from it besides the pump up. And that's kind of your and my bond, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. 100%. And that's your and your and Adriana and my and Adriana's bond. We have the same values, contribution, yeah. selflessness. We have we don't have the same family mission. I bet you're as dorky as I am and you've got one written down. Yeah. Mine's live fully and help others do the same. We don't have the same one, but we have the same values. We're moving in the same direction. Totally agree. It, it, it keeps me going and keeps me thriving. Um, I didn't understand what you said just now. Were you saying you didn't know you had the drive and ambition until the last 15 years, or you didn't know other people had the drive and ambition? No, I didn't recognize that uh, my, um, I say my drive uh, and initiative was uh, distinguishing relative to others. Uh, when I was in high school, I was really good. I did well. I think, you know, in high school, it's hard to differentiate. And I've got my two kids today. My son is graduating uh, high school and my uh, daughter is a sophomore. And it's hard for uh, high school kids, right? Because I think there are only two ways, three ways maybe to distinguish yourself. You distinguish yourself through academic uh, performance. You distinguish yourself through your athletic performance and you distinguish yourself socially, right? And if you're not, Distinguish yourself in one of those three, you might not think that you're exceptional or you don't have uh, a lot of great traits and you, you might be not uh, high on yourself. Uh, but there are so many different paths and avenues for kids to do well. And they oftentimes find themselves later in life and in college. I would say I was one of those. I wasn't exceptional in high school academically. I wasn't exceptional athletically. I was very good at both, but I wasn't either. And socially, I wasn't was definitely, I had friends and I had good core friends, uh, but, you know, not a, a social, you know, I, I, just, I just wasn't. And I think it wasn't until college that uh, I really found more of my path and discovered myself a little bit further and found that, uh, yeah, I did have a lot of drive and I expected excellence and I expected to continue to improve and that I had the discipline to do it. Uh, so maybe I was a little slower learner, but I never gave up always wanted to continue to improve myself. How do I relate better to people? How do I listen better? Uh, continuing to read, continuing to experience and failure wasn't an option. I would fail, but I'd keep going. I would never give up. And uh, I realized a lot of people, you know, in the first sign of trouble or challenge, they feel like they're not good enough and they just stop doing it. Right. And I think you and I both know is that look, uh, you just, you got to keep going. Persistence is so important in life. Um, but a lot of a lot of our kids just don't have that perspective. Is that uh, if you have a passion for something, keep going, keep learning, and keep getting better. And uh, those who you see maybe earlier in their lives distinguishing themselves, they never keep working on it, and uh, they can flame out. Either they lose the passion, they lose the vigor, or the pressures are too great. And that's 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 hard for me to see. It's uh, important to keep the perspective. 
Yeah, the operative word is something. You started off by saying, are you a top achiever compared to your peers in whatever you're doing? And, you know, the podcast people list this podcast as an entrepreneur entrepreneur category. I don't want it to be the entrepreneur category. It's the career category. I'm going to try to switch it um, because my dad went to Notre Dame to be a priest. <laughs> he, he wanted to be the best Catholic priest he could be. Yep. My brother went to the Peace Corps. He wanted to be the best uh, influence on South America. Uh, there are people that want to be race car drivers. There's people that want to be doctors. There's people that want to run charities. Uh, it doesn't matter what you want to do. You don't have to be aiming for cash. You don't have to be aiming for uh, uh, a political excellence or a entrepreneurial excellence. It's just about being excellent in whatever you're aiming at. 100%. Totally agree. Yeah, so you're in high school and you're, oh, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. I, I It was a trick question. Did you just figure out 15 years ago that you were exceptional? Isn't it funny how insecure, Darren and I are buddies. We belong to YPO together. We have all sorts of friends that are famous business people, incredibly successful. And we'll see if Darren agrees, but I find that at least 95% of them are insecure. They ha hadn't figured out how well they were doing. And then one day they look and go, oh, I guess I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Same okay, thing totally happened to you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're sitting there as student body president at UCR and you don't realize <laughs> he wasn't student body president at UCR. I'm not supposed to say that. Um, we don't, I, I look back at high school. I say, wow, I wasn't that popular. I hear my daughter saying it all the time. I don't have any friends. Well, then who are these people that keep coming over? I'm not great in school. Well, what's up with these grades? I think a lot of people that are on the edge of excellence are beating themselves up a lot and they should just take a deep breath and say, first of all, most of it doesn't matter. And second of all, what am I doing to get even better? But we don't pat ourselves on the back. What, what happened that made you realize that you weren't as bad as you thought you were? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, just to your point is that uh, my, my daughter, you know, is straight A's and she just gets so exercised over it. And I go, hey, just give your best effort at it. Have the long game in mind. You're not going to help yourself if you're going to be stressed and anxious over this and you flame out at some point in time, right? Because you expect perfection. I said, as long as you're in the game and you're giving your best effort, the results will come, right? So just keep applying yourself and keep moving forward every day. Last thing you need to do is just, the, the greatest talents can sometimes flame out because they, the pressures are too great for them. So just make your best effort out of it. So I'd say, you know, to answer your question is that, uh, you know, it was probably in college that I really started getting my stride where I felt, wow, I was really doing much better in school. My interests in uh, what I was learning and relationships with my professors, I really saw a much greater passion for things and understood things. And I wasn't going, I, I mean, I had enough parties, but I wasn't really, a, a, all my peers uh, would know, I, I didn't party much, uh, even though I joined fraternities and loved my fraternity brothers and they're uh, some of my, my dearest friends today. Um, but uh, I sacrificed uh, time where I was working. I needed to work. I didn't have the money. So I was working quite a bit and uh, I don't regret that at all. I was working as a TA, I was working as a tutor, um, and those were valuable skills where I understood what people were doing, what they were struggling with, built relationships, and uh, felt good because I was contributing to my own future. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't dependent on anybody. And for me, my parents were of a lower middle class. My dad didn't graduate college. Uh, he worked every day and was not happy in his in his, uh, really in his life and his career, uh, he did it and he did it as a kind of a sacrifice to help uh, the family and help me get where I wanted to be. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I worked hard through college because my, my parents didn't have the means and I didn't want to come out with any debt. And, uh, it was important. My, my parents always made me pay for things, uh, and an increasing percentage as I grew up because they wanted me to value and appreciate what, uh, what I was given and what I earned. And, and have that ownership of it. And I think that's another challenge that we have in our, in our communities today. Sometimes people are given too many things and they don't have to earn it. And every day I wake up and I go, you know what? You don't rely on anybody but yourself. And uh, you don't, don't, don't expect any handouts. Make it freaking happen. Go for it. Because uh, too many people are waiting for others and they think that they're entitled to things. And that's just the, the worst uh, characteristic, I think. Rely on yourself. Build the skills. Go make it happen. Initiate.
And we live in a little bit of a bubble and many of the, many of the kids we know grew up in a different situation than you and I grew up in. And there's the, you know, the Richard and Linda air that tour the world and write, write books that are on the Oprah Winfrey list. Uh, many of them talk about how you can prevent the children of wealthy people from being entitled and all these parenting techniques, which is, you know, difficult for people that have money to make sure that their kids aren't entitled. Wasn't too hard for my parents. Wasn't yeah. too hard for your parents. There was no choice. There was right. no choice. <laughs> right. So who's better off? You know, yeah. I, I no. don't think that that's a, ba a bad place to be because you had the hunger. You had the 100%. hunger. And we're going to yeah. get to those we're regrets, but you have no regret for having that hunger. Not at all. No, it was valuable. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. So what did you, what did you, I mean, it's, it's so strange. You're running one of the biggest engineering firms in the country and in the world. You're working on the most interesting projects. Uh, you have had zero, uh, what's it called when people come in and they're upset at you because you've done something wrong and you haven't had any of it happen in your engineering firm? Lawsuits? Claims? Zero claims, zero lawsuits, <laughs> zero issues with bad work. And you're not an engineer. So I'm assuming if when you were in college, you wanted to one day be the CEO of Salas O'Brien, you might have got an engineering degree. So I'm assuming that maybe that wasn't the path you saw. And I think it's interesting. We look at what, what you were saying before. Work hard. Keep doing your best. Because every person I know of is doing something different than they thought they would be doing. They're moving, they have momentum, they're successful, and then an opportunity comes. My business partner, Jeff Gunnis, says, success is luck when opportunity meets preparation. So obviously you were prepared when the job opened up and you, <laughs> and you uh, were able to move over because it's strange that you have the job you have. What did you originally want to do when you were in high school and college? And how'd you find this? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> I totally agree with you, Matt. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I had a vision of what I wanted to do. I always saw myself as an entrepreneur, as a leader. Um, I did actually start my first two years in engineering school because my dad uh, was kind of in an engineering career, though he never graduated. Um, so he said, why don't you try engineering? And I said, okay, great. Uh, after two years, I realized that there were people who were better at it and who were more passionate about it than I was. Um, and so I decided to go into accounting. I did the CPA route. I worked at Price Waterhouse, and I learned a lot about uh, one. I got my CPA certificate. I learned a lot about business. I learned about best practices of really healthy, vibrant organizations, and that was really helpful for me because I got to learn, you know, what are the successful organizations doing, and I got to see a lot of different industries. And so from there, I got to build my toolkit of what I wanted to do when uh, I found the right opportunity to, to lead. Um, I wasn't ready. I didn't have any money. Uh, and I wasn't really skilled to run an organization at that point in time. So um, very shortly thereafter, um, I actually uh, worked. Uh, I was teaching uh, back at UC Riverside. Uh, the accounting program was just getting started. And they asked me to teach, uh, which was wonderful skill set, learning you know, how to publicly speak, preparing uh, programs, exercises, and uh, teaching to the students. I loved it. It was a great way to give back and to help shape, you know, people's perspective on what accounting and finance is all about and how to apply it. Anyway, long story short, one of my students uh, actually uh, told me that their father was uh, running an architecture and engineering firm 
and asked me if I would be interested at, uh, to be a, a CFO of the company. And uh, I was 25 years old and I was like, huh, okay. I didn't think I really would probably be qualified to do that, but uh, I interviewed and uh, apparently I was uh, uh, convincing enough and got the position. Um, and I think that was, that was another one of those moments. I graduated college and I, uh, at the graduation, I, I was uh, going to name the most outstanding graduating senior male. And I had no perspective that I was even close to being considered for this. And then I was like, eh, okay, so great. So now what? And so this was another opportunity where somebody said, I believe in you probably more than you believe in yourself. And, uh, and I took the job and uh, uh, excelled at it. I worked really hard, busted my butt. Um, helped the organization thrive and succeed and mature. And we grew from a 50, it was about a 40 person organization, 45 person organization to about a 200 plus person organization. And uh, that was great. I learned a lot, learned a lot about myself, learned uh, how to lead, uh, how to help an organization thrive. Uh, the organization decided to take a different path uh, to, we'll say, ownership and governance. And uh, so, I actually left to be uh, the CFO of a company called Kleinfelder, a big geotech and environmental firm. I was 30 years old at the time, and it was a 1,200-person organization. Same thing. Kind of the recruiter uh, said, hey, uh, I think you can do this. And uh, I had my doubts. I'd never run kind of an enterprise level uh, at that size, obviously. And uh, all of the board members and the senior leadership were in their 50s and 60s. And here I was, a you know punk at 30 years old. And uh, anyway, long story short, I got the job. I was like, wow, okay. Well, they believe in me again more than I probably had confidence in myself and did well. Um, I think distinguished, distinguished myself there, uh, did a enterprise level uh, systems conversion and started on our first, uh, first acquisitions and got them kind of prepared for the reasons and how to do it. And it was successful. Um, so that was, I think, further validation. You know, and I've got, I've got these skills, and people believe in me, and I share the vision of what can happen. And I'm getting, you know, these leaders who uh, who agree with it. So I felt that I had the, the vision and the the influence to be able to make these happen. And then doing mergers and acquisitions, I was able to to share the story and get people, you know, on board with it. So uh, from that space, I, I learned being in the engineering field that. There was incredible opportunity. Uh, I loved engineers. My uh, engineers are just good people. They're hardworking. They're so smart. They're really under uh, undervalued in society. And I my my goal is to lift them up and to create more rewards and to create a healthy environment. I saw too many unhealthy leadership uh, structures, and so I, I think to make a long story short is that. Uh, I saw the opportunity to create a very a healthier, vibrant organization within the engineering space, and I found the right uh, the right situation with uh, Carl Solis and Solis O'Brien. Uh, you know, the organization at the time was uh, 30 people doing five million in revenue. That was 15, 15 and a half, 16 years ago. And Carl was, uh, you know, had been an entrepreneur with Dan O'Brien, and they'd grown the organization from their garage to 30 people, and they were finding themselves not doing engineering work anymore, and they missed doing that, and were working more than they wanted to and needed somebody to help propel the organization forward. And we were a great fit for one another. So yeah, it was, that's a long, long answer to the question, but I think it's the message is if you continue to apply yourself and you're continuing to learn uh, and you're in an industry, you're going to be able to see a lot of opportunities. And it's just a matter of initiating that. How can you make an organization better and stronger? And uh, I saw a lot of opportunity of how I wanted to create the, the right environment where people there's no limit of what anybody can do, uh, and I saw a lot of uh, a lot of competitors who were spurning, uh, you know, off competitors because they weren't creating opportunities or growth for their team members. And uh, I said, I never wanted to have that type of a situation. I wanted to make sure that my team members were rewarded with ownership, rewarded with you know unlimited growth potential, and that's what we've achieved at Salt O'Brien. It's been exciting to see it, and yeah, to me today we've got thousand plus team members uh, and and growing and it's a healthier environment than, than we were when we started for sure. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, I'm reminded of a time that I uh, was watching Guy Kiyosaki give a presentation to the entrepreneurs organization and he put up a slide of a bunch of flowers in a field and he said, let a thousand flowers grow. And it's a Chinese proverb. 
And basically he talked about Apple would put products out before they were ready to be put out and people would use them for a different use than they were intended. And all of a sudden that niche would take off with that Apple product. And he said, hey, let a thousand flowers grow. And if I look at your career, it's a career of serendipity. So uh, uh, the listener on the phone right now that wants to be a CEO or a CFO that's listening right now wondering, how do I get there? Well, it was just laid out. Darren, one path, started in a big firm. Then he was made, then he moved into a CFO position of another firm. Then he moved into a CFO position of another firm. And then just over 30 years old, he was ready for a CEO position. You don't have to start the business to be a CEO. You don't have to get hired as a CEO. There's many people that move from CFO to CEO, and there's many people that move up in different businesses and jump to the side because they have their eyes open for that opportunity and because they've been kicking butt the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, no question, I would say, oh, you're 100% right on. Uh, I would say... The, the whole idea, if you show great perspective and leadership that you're lifting up people around you and you people want to follow you and you have a vision of what can be created and they have confidence in you, people will follow. They will want to be a part of that vision. And that's I think that's what I shared and brought and bring every day is that you have to have a vision. What, what does the future look like and why do people want to be a part of that? And what does that look like for them? What does that look like together? And if they see and you clearly articulate and it's compelling to them, they will want to be a part of that. And that's, that's what we're doing at Salsa O'Brien. I mean, that's why other organizations like joining us. We, we've, had, we've had 100% retention of all of our former shareholders that have joined our organization. We've had five people out of 95 uh, of our shareholders that have joined through mergers. Only five of them are not with us, and four of them retired. You know, at eighty-three years old and late seventies, and two in their late sixties, and unfortunately, one's passed away. But look, it's it's sharing a vision, making sure that they're well, all of our interests are aligned, the financial interests, the characteristics, the values are aligned together, and that uh, we're all in it together, right? We're we're sharing together. So, I, I'm gonna been, been I'm gonna push back on that a little bit. Uh, sure. You you mentioned three things though. And I followed you before. You've led me before. You were the chairman of the uh, YPO, and I was a member of the board of the YPO. So I followed you, and I didn't know what your vision was. I followed you because of your values. So you said, lift other people up. And oftentimes people, you know, uh, they, they wonder how people get to the top, and they wonder if they're squashing people. And you and I have met people, not very often, we've met people that crawled over the corpses to get to the top, have squashed other people to get to the top. But that's really rare in my experience. Most of them are doing what you're talking about, lifting others up. It's a value. It's, it's a value that you have. It's effort that you're putting in. So I, I see you doing that many times. That's why you're on the, on the call today. Then you also have the vision and you've also been excellent in everything you do. So if you were some schmuck doing nothing, you hear, I call those dreamers. They've never done anything, but they have big goals and they expect people to follow them. No, you have to be on the edge of excellence. You have to keep trying. If you haven't started yet, you're in college, you haven't done anything, you've never had a job, you never had an internship, jump out there and start because you can't just have a business idea and no track record and that vision carry you. You've got to have the track record of success. You've got to have the vision and the values. And the reason people don't leave Darren's organization, one is the success, but a lot of it is they align with the values and they feel good about what they do and they like to keep winning, right? Yeah, 100%. No, uh, you're right on. Uh, you couldn't have articulated it better. They have to trust you completely. They have to have total confidence in you as a person and what your vision is and how you execute. And that comes from experience. What have you done? What's your track record every day? And if they see that uh, and they see what you've done and you're 100% referenceable, that they can talk to anybody of your friends, anybody who knows you. They know who you are as a person. They know what you're all about. They know the decisions you're going to make. And that that is the testament at the end of the day, right? I mean, that's that's why... You know, our friends trust us every day. They know what we're all about. They see, they see what we're made of. Exactly. So now you're at this pinnacle of success and uh, you've done some things that 
most people don't even know are out there to do being on the, being on the, the region sport of the UC system. What a, what a prestigious, um, use of your time and what a wonderful uh, gift you gave to the UC system. You, you've got to be surprised at how successful you are, right? Did you know you were going to end yeah, up I'm, here? I, I don't think I'm uh, honestly worthy of it. Um, uh, you, you give some nice uh, honors, but no, I've, uh, far exceeded my own expectations and I'm uh, surprised every day with the, the gifts and the, that I've been given. I mean, the, I, my friendships, my relationships, the opportunities that I get. Um, yeah, I work hard for it every day, but uh, yeah, I, for me at the end of the day today, I love just giving back because I've been so fortunate in life and uh, it is for, for both of us. Uh, that's, that's the joy I get is seeing other people succeed uh, around me and, creating a difference in our, in people's lives. I just, I wanted to be given the opportunity to, to do anything and I want to be able to give that opportunity to everybody else. So is that what keeps you going? You could stop right now. You could be done. You just want to keep giving. Yeah, no, I, I could be done. Uh, I, I love what I do. I love the people that I work with every day. I love the difference we make in our communities. I feel relevant. I feel like we're, we're making a difference. Uh, and, and I want to be able to do more of that in our communities and in, in our world. I mean, that's why our, uh, it's kind of a larger footprint is it? Uh, it's, it's enjoyment, um, more outreach, more contribution and fighting some of the dysfunction that I see. It's really frustrating for me when, whether it's the government or just bureaucracy, I just, I want the world to be better. I want people to have no limits of what they can do. I don't care the color of your skin or what your background is, or you, you should have, everybody should have equal chance to succeed in our society, equal access to education and make it affordable. Uh, and I'm such a believer in that. And that isn't the case. Uh, we need, we need to fight more for that. And our, our society will be better off because of it. I was blessed to have access to education and affordability. And it doesn't matter, by the way, it doesn't matter if you're growing up in Emerald Bay, driving around in your dad's Ferrari, flying on the private jet, and you're set up to run the family business, or you're growing up in Coolidge, Arizona, like I did, uh, uh, living off of food stamps, having your parents skip a meal so you and your brother can have a meal. It doesn't matter. You have the card you're dealt. I get a little bit upset at my parents for not being billionaires and giving me their business, but that doesn't happen. You still have to earn it. You still have to be excellent. You still have to prove it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I... Uh... I agree with you 100%. And those are the values that I try to instill in my kids while they are fortunate to have maybe more opportunities and more doors open for them is that they need to earn it on their own. They need to be hungry for it every goddamn day. And if that's the greatest gift that I can give to them, then that's, that's what it needs to be. I want them to be passionate and to go after it in life, and not be complacent. I want them to find their dreams and that they're not going to be given things. We'll, we'll give them the opportunities for education but they need to make it happen for themselves. You know, I, I still, I still never bought a new car, Matt. I know we, we, we love cars together, but I have never bought a new car in my life. That's just my frugal mentality. The way I grew up. It's weird, isn't it? Uh, I don't buy new, my, my wife gets a new car. <laughs> I don't get new cars for myself. I buy one or two years old. Cause it makes me ill to my stomach to watch the devaluation. <laughs> me too. Same way. I, and anyway. I'm doing an interview with Danny Sunshine next and he got a fancy new car. I don't like that brand of car that he got, but I know it doesn't <laughs> drop in value. So I'm considering yeah. getting that car. Cause you can hold it for 20 years and not lose yeah. any money. Oh, I sure love them. That's for sure. I love driving them. <laughs> well, maybe we'll work on that. Yeah. So, what so you were talking about some of the sacrifices and whether you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth or you're born with nothing, um, there's got to be sacrifices to get to where you're going. And you were For talking sure. about working in college and you worked because you had to probably didn't know it was a sacrifice. Other kids aren't working, probably skipped a couple spring breaks or whatever it is. For sure. What, when you look back, what were the big sacrifices that you made that you will never regret in your life? <laughs> yeah, no, it starts from when I was young. You know, my, my parents, I had a paper route. I had a, had a paper route for four years growing up because my parents required me to pay an increasing amount of anything that I wanted to buy. So I had to make money. Uh, and it instilled in me a work ethic and instilled in me the value that I had to make it happen for myself. And it instilled for me an understanding and a psychology of when you're selling something, and you're trying to collect money either from a paper route or you're trying to sell something with your, uh, you know, mowing lawns. And I mowed lawns that there's so many valuable lessons that I 
got from those experiences that I could go on for an hour. My kids have heard them many times. But uh, even same thing in college, uh, as I shared, I had a couple of jobs in college. I was a TA. I mean, I, I was a TA all the way throughout um, and coached, uh, coached games. I tutored kids. Uh, and for me, uh, I sacrificed. I didn't go to many. I didn't go to as many parties. I didn't go to as many uh, spring breaks, you know, and uh, that was just something that I needed to do because I was I was responsible. Do I regret sometimes missing those? Yeah, I wish I had made a few more of those, but that's not who I was. and. Uh, uh, so, you know, that the core and the essential part of who I am is still here today. And, uh, that, that was, that's what, that's what made me, um, you know, there are times as well that you need to enjoy, you know, as life gets shorter now, I realize it even more is that you, you do have to take time and celebrate and enjoy the days as you and I, you know, we, we do go have fun. We have, a you have to you have to celebrate life and celebrate life with friends. But uh, there were probably a lot more times in college, particularly and even younger in my career when I was working my ass off, that I I I missed out on some events. But that was uh, harder. Either I didn't have the money to go fly, and I I should have, but I didn't. Well, I bet you you'd have more regrets had you done all those things and skipped the work and skipped the lawn mowing and skipped For the sure. other stuff. Yeah, my hundred percent. I told you before, mine was, I was supposed to go to Spain with my family and my family didn't have a lot of money. So going to Spain was a big deal. And I stayed and did an internship instead that changed my life. I'll never regret that. I did promise myself that I would go to Europe every year for the rest of my life. And I did. And many of the years I went, someone else paid for me to go because they're having me give a speech or whatever. I, one trip to Europe I skipped ended up being 20 trips to Europe I didn't skip. And I got a business out of it. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. (laughs) You just reminded me, uh, you know, sacrifices is that, you know, I, I, uh, growing up with Starbucks was just becoming uh, a thing and, um, people would go to Starbucks and they were spending five, six, nine bucks a day on Starbucks. And I go, you're, you're spending what for a cup of coffee. That's freaking crazy. And, uh, I was doing the math and I was teaching a finance class and I said, how many did you go to Starbucks? Half the class is going, you know, yeah, I go to Starbucks every day. And I go, how much money do you spend at Starbucks? Us, ah, $6, $7. I go, wow. But imagine if you save that and you just made your own coffee at home. You save $7 every day. $7 every day, basically what I calculated for them. And if you invested it at 7% a year, you're going to be a millionaire by the time you're 50 years old. And I said, you don't have to work hard. It's just making one simple decision every day that you sacrifice that cup of coffee at Starbucks so that Starbucks isn't, you know, the largest company in the world that you're actually saving for yourself. But people make these decisions that they don't defer sometimes gratification and make prudent decisions that are going to help them in their lives. For me, financial independence was really important. I never wanted to have to work for somebody else, but I was willing to sacrifice, you know, that enjoyment of coffee and put that into my bank account, right? So that I had that financial security. And most people can't make that choice. Well, this this comment I'm going to make is going to really greatly illustrate the difference between Darren Anderson and Matt Stewart. Did you know, Darren, that marijuana costs the exact same amount as gold? No, I didn't. Oh, and that's that, true. I did know that. Yeah. <laughs> a quarter ounce of marijuana costs the same amount as a quarter ounce of gold. And yet, probably not many listening to this podcast, but their friends <laughs> are basically smoking gold. What if they just bought a gold coin every once in a while and saved all that money? Where would they be when they're 50? Imagine that. And I bet they spend more than $8 a day on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So those are great sacrifices. Um, It's amazing the sacrifices that you make at the time. Like you're missing the party. You're missing the concert. I got to go. But it's amazing, though, uh, the Dalai Lama said, and I'm going to butcher the quote, that which brings immediate pleasure often brings long-term pain. That which (laughs) brings long, uh, short-term pain often brings long-term pleasure. Mowing those lawns, it sucked. You got the little nasal congestion, your back hurts. But what did that do for you in the long run? I totally agree with you, Matt. It's a great quote. I've never heard that, but uh, I am completely in agreement with that. Yes, I, uh, I've got many, many Dalai Lama quotes in you my do. head that I, that I butcher. You're able, you're able to pull these things out <laughs> much, much more easily than I am. Yes. Thank you, Ed Pope, for introducing me to the Dalai Lama. <laughs> 
So um, looking back at your definition of excellence, are you a top achiever compared to your peers? What are you doing to get better? And complacency kills excellence. So compared to your peers, Darren Anderson, I know a lot of your peers, you're a top <laughs> achiever. Uh, compared to people, yes, you are. Compared to uh, your peers, you're in the top, very small echelon of uh, a garnishment of respect, heavily respected. But you're not nice. done, right? You're not done. You're barely 50 years old. You're not done. What are you doing and what could someone listening to this podcast be doing to continue to maintain their excellence? No, it's a great question. Uh, I, you know, I do it every day. Uh, I try to be a better person. Uh, one, I continue to try to be a better parent every day. I would say that's an area where I'm still learning. Uh, there is no, there are a lot of great books that I've read, but I'm still trying to be a better parent and try to uh, provide guidance to my very unique children. Um, they're going through challenging times through this pandemic. Uh, but they're just great souls and great people. And I know they're on the right path from a values perspective and a passion for learning. Um, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, growing our organization and a business, we will continue to be, my, my goal for our organization is to be the most respected engineering firm in the world as measured by our uh, clients, as well as by our team members. So that is a, that is a long range goal that uh, we're seeking to achieve. Uh, and you know, at the end of the day, and the life goals is really that uh, my wife and I continue to be in good health. Uh, as you know, we uh, you know take our our health very seriously. We work out regularly. Um, I uh, want to make a big difference in in others' lives around, and really paying it for that. I've been blessed with so so much uh, goodwill and people who have shared their knowledge, and so uh, we want to be able to give back to our communities and. And really, worldwide communities to, to help uh, make 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 the world a bit better, right? I mean, it just it seems so lofty, but it's being selected. How how do we how do we move the needle to positively impact people's lives every day? And uh, uh, it's it's the difficult part is where do you choose? How do you make the selections of your time? And how can you make that larger impact every day? And so uh, that's that's what. Uh, Lori and I work on uh, every day. I try to do that, try to bring my uh, skill sets to uh, positively impact the largest group of people. And I, I love doing that. Yeah, I, I think your definition of uh, excellence is changing. Uh, impact, impact on others. Uh, what Thank every, you. I mean, you're on this podcast to impact others. You do the internship to impact others. You run the YPO to impact others. And if I look at you, Darren Anderson, I look at all those things that you've done so well, and that is part of the reason uh, people consider you to be excellent, is that impact. It's beyond uh, kicking all of our butts like you have done so well. It's you continue to impact and you won't stop. Oh, thanks, Matt. Yeah, I, I say, you know, we've been in YPO a long time. You uh, came in before me. That must mean you're either uh, a whole lot smarter or you just uh, started much younger, uh, but probably both. And I would say uh, our YPO group has been a great eye-opener for me. Uh, it has challenged me. It's stimulated me. It's opened my world in so many different ways. And you, as being the kind of global EO leader, have uh, really opened my eyes in so many different ways. Uh, and it's it's really been a blessing. That's probably one of the bigger blessings of my life as well, that we are around truly exceptional people who have done amazing things with their lives and have been extremely relevant and successful in so many different ways. Uh, but I learned so much from uh, this peer group. It's been, it really has been a privilege. And part of being excellent, and, and you've heard it on the call today, you've heard Darren say it over and over and over again, being aware of the opportunities that are coming your way, whether those are coming in your business, from your peers, being open to the serendipitous learning, uh, that's coming your way. On our on many of these podcasts, people talk about the peer group. Uh, you are the sum of your five closest friends. Uh, someone else said your network is your net worth. Uh, but it doesn't matter. They used to say to me, Stewie, why are you working so hard? It doesn't matter what you know. It matters who you know. Bullshit. No, it bull doesn't. Yeah. No. It, it doesn't matter what you know or who or who you know. It matters what you do with what you yeah. know and who you know. No, you're right on the point, and I, I probably should have emphasized this further. I would say at the end of the day, um, choosing your partners in life 
is of utmost importance. You and I have been both blessed with amazing partners uh, from a marriage perspective, but uh, choosing that partner is extremely important to you and your success. Uh, I would also say that choosing your business partners and people who you hang around with will have the biggest determination on your success. You want to be around a peer group that you respect, that you admire, that's going to bring, make you better uh, and choose your partners in business as well that you have highest confidence with and that have high character and be very, very careful and cautious before you go into business together that you do share the vision and you know who they are as people. I've just seen so many business marriages that have failed because they don't adequately uh, evaluate values, characteristics, and and vision. Wow. Today, there's engineers listening to this, and they're aligning with your values. They're aligning with your vision. They can tell that you're the type of person they want to work with. If you're an engineering student, and you're on the edge of excellence, and you've done a lot to qualify you to come work with Darren, go to solaceobrien.com, check out their open positions. I believe there's 18 open positions today. You want to work in the most respected engineering firm in the world, go to salisobrien.com. Darren, I know that's not why you came here today. You came here giving palm down. And I love that you give palm down. Palm down means for, for you listening, you don't have your hand open for something in return. You're doing it just to do it. That's one of your values, Darren. That's why you're on my short list. Anytime I come up with one of these harebrained ideas to help out college and high school students. Thank you so much for showing up on the edge of excellence today. Thank you, Brent. I love it. Uh, love your energy. Love your passion. Love you as a person. I'm give you a big hug virtually. You're the man. Bam. Thanks, brother. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.